It's a new season on Driftless Drinks, and we're hammering through all the major styles of beer. That's right. In each episode, we'll be looking at a different style of beer and all it has to offer. Then we'll crack one open, of course, and see how it stands up. This time, we dive into brown ales. It's a classic style with a long, delicious history of multi sweet goodness. So grab yourself a draft of dirt, a dollop of moose drool, or your nearest fat squirrel. Let's get after it! Welcome to Dripless Drinks. My name is Mark. My name is John. This season on Dripless Drinks, we are going through all of the different major styles of beer, and we are starting with brown ales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So today we have, and we are introducing Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale, classic in the style, um, and really looking forward to trying this one with you, John. Oh, yeah. And this is one of my all-time favorite beers, hands down. And I've I've loved this thing for years. It's it's a go to, and um, there's nothing that I don't like about it. So as we go along through the episode, I think we're going to John. You've got a big piece of history we're going to get into later, and some other examples mm-hmm. of the brown ale style. But I think, do we just want to go around the bottle on this real quick and get into it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cue the read the packaging music. Cueing the read the packaging music now. I get sidetracked so easy. (laughs) Okay, so let's take a look at the bottle here real quick. This is Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale, brewed at the Old Brewery Tadcaster, established 1758. It says product of England, Yorkshire's oldest brewery. Uh, This is a 1.2.7 fluid ounce bottle, which equates to 550 milliliters. And, oh, uh, imported by Merchant Duvin in Seattle. On the back, Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale, brewed at Samuel Smith's Small Traditional British Brewery with well water. The original well sunk in 1758 is still in use. Best barley malt yeast and aromatic British hops. Nut Brown Ale is relatively dry with a rich reddish brown color and inviting nutty flavor derived exclusively from a generous amount of roasted barley. And then in quotes, Samuel Smith has the richest, maltiest, and nuttiest of the brown ales. And that is Michael Jackson. Not the <laughs> guy, but the uh, dude that writes about uh, spirits and beer. That mm. Michael Jackson. So there's a different that Michael one. Jackson. There's one that dances and moonwalks. And then there's another guy that is cool and drinks beer. It says, uh, fermented in Yorkshire squares, which uh, I believe that's their tanks, right? Yes, that is. Yeah, okay. I read something yep. about that. Maybe we can get into that later, too. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of some Samuel Smith horses on the back. Samuel Smith's Shire horses are used for local deliveries five days a week. Okay, so if you're in Tadcaster in the UK, you can, you can get your beer delivered by horse? Sign me Yay. up. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't leave you enough space for that joke. That's all right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, this... you did, we didn't know it was going to happen. It just, you know, these things that's, it's, you know, it's a lot of improv here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, humortus uh, vomitus. What's it? Go ahead. Humor to humortus vomitus. Yeah. We're funny. as <laughs> so funny that <laughs> this is 5% alcohol by volume. And, uh, that's about it for the bottle read. There's some Surgeon General's warnings as per usual and a barcode at the bottom. John, 
Would you like yes. to open this beer with me? I want you. So yes, just before that, the, okay. the website actually mentions only a couple of other things. Uh, one of the things it talks about is that hard well water is drawn from 85 feet underground. I don't. Okay. Th so they're getting it from a really low reservoir. Yeah. And what? the using the stone Yorkshire squares, they're able to create a relatively dry ale with a rich nutty color and palette of beech nuts, almonds, and walnuts. What's really interesting is they're mentioning all these nuts and nut brown ale refers to the color of ales, not to nuts, unless you happen to be from Rogue Brewery, in which case <laughs> they make it with hazelnuts and there's no shame there. So, Fantastic. I am ready John has this. the opener in his right hand. He's going for the bottle with his left. Right. I'm going right through the foil. You don't. This isn't the kind of foil you pull off. No, I think that you could just tear right. right through this. Oh, yeah. Are we? Right. Yep. Oh, we didn't even give it a count. Uh, no count needed. I think we were both headed in the right direction there at the yep. same time. All right, I'm pouring. Oh, I'm gonna give God, it a little hard pour. Poor job. Yep. I can hear your. Who are over here? Wow, look at this. <laughs> she is a beaut, Clark. Yep. Oh my. I'm letting that that head has just popped up. I was so one of the things that I've learned recently is that the harder you pour a beer, the the smoother it can taste. I I find that really interesting. I do so, too. Right, Probably because you're gonna... knocking the shit out of the carbonation. That is correct. Um, okay, I'm holding this thing up to the light. If ever the term "rich amber" oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it could could be used, it is for this one. You're holding it up next to a light. This thing is amazingly clear and beautifully deep, deep red. Yep. Oh, that it's. If you flash a light behind it, it get, it turns kind of ambery. So it's. It's fascinating because it is much brighter than you would think right. for something called a brown ale, you know, which all the years I've been drinking that, as soon as you put a strong light behind it, it turns amber. Yeah. If the light's softer, it's much more brown. So yes. it's, it's a fascinating color. It certainly is, and it does. It's a little bit of a uh, color changer that way. It's like a good DuPont paint job. It's two different <laughs> colors, depending on which way the sun's aiming at it. Uh, mine poured it. out with a beautiful inch head on it, which is now starting to dissipate, leaving just a touch of lacing around the edges. How are you doing? Mine's, got, mine's got this beautiful pillowiness that, yeah, it's it's falling in different places, and so I've got this ring of pillowy foam. Yeah, and oh, that's that a, is so beautiful. The one other thing to note is that there is carbonation. There are many fine bubbles, but there are also some larger bubbles coming up through as well, which is uh, mesmerizing. All right. So let's <clears throat> uh, let's shove a nose into this guy here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> that is that is joy coming out of that. Yeah. All right, what what are you getting? Ah, rich malt. Mm-hmm. It is super malt forward, and I am not at all opposed to that. 
very little in the way of uh, anything that would maybe trigger your brain to think hops. Um, also, not a lot of like sweetness on the nose either. So, it's it's straight malt forward to me. Hmm. What do you got? See, I got I got a mixture of that and brown sugar. I got a little bit of yeah. So I get um. So I'm an old Cajun boy. So I I get a little bit of the praline coming out of that. Hmm. Um, so that's where the it's that kind of that baked sweetness is what I'm getting. So it's a toasty flavor. Yeah, I was kind gonna a, I was gonna say even a, like maybe a like a little bit of a cookiness to it. Yep, I was gonna say kind of a biscuity kind of yes. thing. Boom, nailed a, it. A dark one though, not not like one of those light those light ones. Right. That is that is just joyful. Oh, yep. I can't maybe say a hint I can't of caramel, but this. it's to me, it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's very malt forward without being super sweet. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, you got. Do you have your uh, thermometer so oh, we can see yeah. where we're at? Let's uh, take a temp temperature. Temperature. Right. Now you're gonna have to do this solo. For oh, I have a broken thermometer, oh. and the new one won't come until tomorrow. That's sad, John. I know I'm sad. I have no idea how I've been eating my Fruit Loops. Wow, they may you... not have been. They might not have been cold enough, and I wouldn't know. Right. Okay, I am at fifty-six degrees. I would guess that's probably where I'm sitting at too. Just just knowing past readings and how it's kind of felt in my hand. Yeah. All right. Um. What do you think? You wanna take a pic for the Insta? I'm gonna take a pic for the Insta. That way, and hopefully if you're listening to this, you've actually seen the picture that I'm about to take. How is that for just, like, you know, the circle of internet life? Circle of the internet! Alright, so we got a good temp on it. I think it is time we drink this bad boy. Yeah. Going in. Mmm. Yay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is that is so good. Oh. The um the malt is all over that and it's just about the only thing you can get. That little that second taste kind of that that retro nasal olfaction. Retro nasal olfaction. Ended up really bringing forth the the that's where the sweetness is coming back it's coming in the nose after mm-hmm. the taste yeah to me the taste follows nose a hundred percent it is it is hugely malty like in the middle of the beer carbonation is dead on perfect um, mm-hmm. and the malty wave kind of gives way without sticking around very long and lingering into, you know, what might be perceived as off flavors or anything. It's 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 very present when you're on it and then it it's also kind of disappears quickly, which I think is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. it it doesn't leave you what it does is it leaves you wanting to drink more of it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And we're only talking 5 ABV. And brown ales range between a little over 3 to some of them can hit six. I haven't found any in my research. I didn't find any that went over six. Gotcha. That you know weren't 
treated to something else. Um, it's had some other treatment to him so that would that would crank the ABV. But my, that's where the brown ale is sitting. So the idea was really you had something that was accessible, it was easy to drink, had a low ABV, so you could drink more of it without you know feeling impaired. And it it just really it really really works. The uh, the ingredients in here um, they actually list those on the website, and it's water, malted barley, yeast, sh uh, cane sugar. There is hops, and then they actually add carbon dioxide to it, which is one of the reasons the carbon dioxide is so correct in the beer because they're not leaving it to chance right um i don't know that that's always the way that i i want to go with i would want to go with a beer but in this in this case they really know what the heck they're doing yeah the uh again this is a beer both of us have had so the initial impression of this is as it always is mm -hmm. um and it to me it's one of those beers that always leaves you wanting more there are a lot of brown ales that we have tried and sampled over the years and there are many very very good ones and i think maybe after the break we can get into um some styles and things or you know variations mm -hmm. of style and some other example beers that we can find here in the states but this one is classic yeah it is also vegan believe it or not oh so that's they, yeah, it's registered with the Vegan Society, not somebody I'd want to cross, and is according to the according to Samuel Smith, it's suitable for vegans and vegetarians. Yeah. Um, really low carbs though, only three point seven grams. Can you believe that? Wow. With no salt and no salt. Huh. <laughs> this I I'm wondering why I'm going to the gym. Well, you don't have to. You just keep drinking this. It's like I'm just gonna keep like, drinking this. Yeah, it's a diet beer almost, without you know sacrificing on flavor. All right, you want to take? We'll take a. Should we take a short break? Come back and uh, yeah, maybe we'll talk a little history and see how this thing sits after a bit. Sounds great. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, let's take a little look at the history. You up for this, Mark? Yeah, I'm just going to top my glass off here because the extra 2.7 ounces wouldn't quite fit into my pint glass. Oh, that's, so, and that's, uh, that's yeah. so nice to just have that little extra that you can just boost it up. I like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, hey, do you want a pint of beer? How about 19 ounces? Like, okay. There you go. Yeah. Or, excuse yeah. me, 18.7 ounces. Good enough. Know, I'm... I'm right there with them, because then you can, mm -hmm. you know, snarf a little off top, and then you put it right back in. <laughs> so brown ales have a rich brewing history. Countries like uh, Germany, Belgium, the United States, England all have a history that goes back centuries of brewing this stuff. Um, they go by a bunch of different names. They have over the years. Uh, there's uh, Oud Bruns. There's Abbey Bruins, there's Robust Porters, English Milds, India Brown Ales, and then there's American Browns, ah, of yes. which, right, which are amazing. All right, so the, the term Brown Ale wasn't really used until about the 17th century, even though the Brown Ales have been around, but the term used as kind of a marketing way or a way to, to, to actually describe a style of beer didn't happen until the late 17th century. Um, there is... 
there are mentions of it going all the way back to the late 1300s. So this is a very, very old style of beer. You know, we've talked about other beers like quads and and triples and duples that don't go back nearly that far. Right. So th this has been around for a long time. And mm -hmm. they kind of fell out of favor in the late 1800s. And that was because they had the, these pale malts became more accessible and people were making beers from these pale malts, giving a nice light crisp beer, which people were, that was new. So people kind of gravitated towards that. Um, the first commercial brown was made in the early 1900s. And that one was, that was done by a man named Thomas, Thomas Wells Thorpe, who was at a brewer at Man Crossman in Poland. Uh, and I'm only mentioning his name because I, when somebody does that, you don't want to lose the guy who invented a certain kind of beer. So he, he invented the modern brown. This was um, something he invented before the turn of the 20th century and then actually didn't put forward until, you know, the early 1900s and make it available to the public. At the time, it was only a 2.5%, so it's always been a low ABV beer. And they got, they got that at the time from what they call low attenuation, which means that the yeast wasn't eating as much of the sugar. And so you ended up with something that was sweet and also low in alcohol. Hmm. And and so that eventually that got overshadowed um, later in the century by uh, what was called Northern English Brown Ales. And the one that we know the most from that style is Newcastle Brown Ale. Oh, Newcastle. Oh, it's such good stuff. And yeah, that's like unobtainium right now. As a quick aside here too, like mm -hmm. as we were looking through brown ales and I had gone to my local bottle shops here, brown ales, much like in the mid 1800s when Pilsners and stuff came around, falling out of favor. There are not nearly as mm -hmm. many brown ales right now as there were 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I remember as a kid working in the liquor store and stuff and it was like IPAs and brown ales, like, and it was all very exotic, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, but <clears throat> just becoming hard to find, right? Like, so I only right. had three or four examples to choose from, um, but it's glad to see that this classic style of, uh, that Samuel Smith produces still exists and is out there. And I hope it does for a very long time. I, I seriously hope they don't stop making this, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your history of the beer here, but just, Oh no, that was, yeah, it was, it was interesting trying to find one of these <laughs> right now-ish. Yep. There are a few out there that are available, um, across most of the nation, some notable ones. And I'll actually put a list in the show notes. So if you go to driftlessdrinks.com, I'll have a list of um, the beer, some of the beers that, that I know of that are cool. good sources. If you go looking out there for brown ales, you'll see a lot of different examples. Um, I just want to mention there's a couple in our local area that I think are definitely worth a look if you happen to be in the Driftless area. Um, one of those, of course, is Downtown Brown from Pearl Street Brewery. If you can find that bad boy on tap, don't pass it up. That's a go-to for me. And also, I would say Dirt from Driftless Brewing Company. Yes, not um, affiliated, that, by the way. Not Sadly, not affiliated. They do yeah. amazing work. They do they, amazing work in Soldier's yes. Grove. They they do some very nice uh, different styles of beer down there. And you're absolutely right about Dirt. It's a very good brown. Yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans of that. There's a, not, there's a number of other ones out there. Um, Fat Squirrel's pretty popular. That's yes. out of New Glarus. And um, I just picked up a double brown from Bad Weather Brewing out of St. Paul. But I'll have a list of all those in the show notes so you can kind of see. Um, and I'll, I'll try to find links to all of them, too. 
and so that you can you can go ahead and find those. So there is one there's one notable one, and uh, that that was out there. One of the things that drove the style into the 20th century was Pete's Wicked Ale. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do. Yep. Pete's Wicked. Pete's Wicked, and their flagship beer was their brown. So if you went for a Pete's Wicked, and you just asked for a Pete's Wicked Ale, it was going to be a brown ale. And there's a if you go out there and you start reading about the history, it was a slow decline of uh, it was a skyrocketing rise of that be- that brewery mm-hmm. that had a slow decline and f- has sadly passed away. Um, so the, so yeah, we, the, bre- the brewery is no more. Moment of silence for moment. Pete's Wicked. There we go. All right. This the beer is really holding up over this time. Oh, see this nose is much sweeter now. Yes, I agree. So, do you want to drop a thermometer yeah. in it? To see what you got now. Let me see what's up on the old digital read. Yeah. What happens? Is, so we're getting a sweeter note out of this than even we were at the beginning. So it's come up about four degrees from once we started. We're at about sixty right now, a little over. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and th- so this is one of those interesting things that we haven't really put any science behind, but I do like to take temperature readings as a beer warms up but there are other elements involved right so once you uncap mm-hmm. a beer it's exposed to the air and, and light potentially and uh it it just it changes the profile of the beer it, potentially ever so slightly but you know there's also a potential profound impact that heat or uh warming in the glass has on a beer as well so yep. And, and like you had already mentioned, the harder you pour it into a glass, the more the carbonation comes up and mm-hmm. through it, and it lends itself to being a more smooth, potentially less harsh beer at times, depending yep. on the beer, of course. With brown ales, you know the notes that you're looking for. We've all we've mentioned them because they, they're all present here. So the things that we've talked about this that is the kind of thing you should find in a brown. Um, there should be almost no hop, discernible hop note to it. Right. And then there's the there's the diacetyl, which is that that buttery popcorn flavor that most of the time you don't want in a beer, and you don't want much here, but sometimes you can that will actually help a beer. I don't get any of it out of out of Samuel Smith's. Yeah, and one other thing I wanted to mention that I just kind of remembered it now is that. As you were talking through some of the more local breweries that have this, or at least regional breweries, mm-hmm. one thing I've found, and this is just a personal experience thing, so please let me know when I'm wrong here, but typically brown ales that I find on draft fresh at a brewery are hands down better than what you find bottled or can. Generally speaking, when we're talking about American, the American version of the brown ale, I have always found that the fresher the brown ale, the better it is. And if you can keep it from being in a bottle or can and get it on tap, especially from the place that brews it, it is just that much better. Um, Things tend to get lost, I think, when it gets canned or bottled that it, since brown ale is not a very heavy beer that carries a lot of gravity to it, like I, I feel like it gets affected a little bit more by its environment, and so when you can have it as it was intended to be, uh, like a fresh pull off the tap, I really feel like that is when 
some of these uh, brown ales can really shine, especially the local American variety. One of the local breweries um, around here, uh, Turtle Stack, here uh, you know in Lacrosse, yes. they almost always have some form of a brown ale. I pulled a menu up just a little bit ago. They've got an oat brown ale. I've had that on tap on a number of places around um, the Lacrosse area, and I I almost never pass it up. Um, it's just something that it goes so well with you know um, if you've ever had walleye cheeks. Oh yes, it, it goes really good with walleye cheeks. And I know some of you out there who may not be in the uh, Driftless area or anywhere near Wisconsin might not understand what that is. But look up walleye cheeks. They are one of the most brilliant, amazing deep fried treats you can ever have. They're they're outstanding. And this, the brown went really well with that, especially turtle stacks. I've oh, had I've yeah. had the two. Oh yeah, it's 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 almost the perfect like dinner beer mm-hmm. because it sort of goes with almost anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it it doesn't really have to be paired with anything. It's like if you want a beer with dinner that isn't like Miller Lite, mm-hmm. a brown ale on eighty percent of the things that you can eat will will go right with it. It's yeah. pretty amazing it, how it pairs with a lot of different foods actually oh exactly so uh you know that brings up one of the things i found was uh ray daniels the guy who runs the Cicero not ray davies Cer- from the kinks i'll see you at the pub later not ray davies you know i i was gonna you know that came this close to messing up that name but no ray daniels uh who runs the cicerone uh certification program cicerones are like the beer equivalent of a sommelier uh almost cicerones are better uh, he actually, uh, I saw a thing where he was talking about pairing brown ales um, with brown pairing ales with sushi, and he said the brown ale was about the only one that actually would work, regardless of the type of sushi they were trying. Huh. So he, you know, the 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 man who knows the most in my mind about beer tasting is really, you know, is advocating brown ales and sushi. I've yet to try it. I've had brown ales and brown ales and fish, of course, as I mentioned. I'm up for trying it with sushi. All right, shall we take a break? Come back and give a final rundown. Let's totally do that. Somebody clink some glasses. So that was Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale. Mark, what did you think about the beer and the style? Love the beer. Uh, the style has been very influential over the years. It's, like we had mentioned earlier, is a little bit falling out of favor here recently. But there are definitely some great examples of the style. I really, really enjoyed this one. As it warms, it gets a little bit sweeter. Such a great beer um, and such a classic style. Samuel Smith, come on. Can't go wrong here. No, I, I fully concur. The, the the brown ales are the baseline of beer for me. They're the ones that hold the rest of them to task. Say, all right, this is what beer should be. Yeah. What can you do better? I think Samuel Smith is gives the absolute baseline for exactly what a brown ale should be. And everybody else is going to play off of that theme. Um, there are some great ones out there. If you can find it on tap and it's local, you're yes. you're doing a 
beautiful job and you're living your best life. If nothing else, you if you've never had a brown ale before, you should seek one out and try it. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you, John. Driftless Drink Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And like us on Facebook and Instagram, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Visit us at driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode and drink along with us on the Driftless Drinks YouTube channel. Well, that's it for this episode of Driftless Drinks, the Brown Ale Edition. My name is John. My name is Mark. And keep a cold one handy for us. Yes! One of the reasons that that Samuel Smith's Nut Brown is so near and dear to my heart is because when I first started brewing beer, I only used extracts. At no point in any beer that I ever brewed for a good five years before I wised up did I ever add hops. Everything came straight from that can. (laughs) And so everything had this smooth flavor without that bitterness because Rarely did I get any kind of malt extract that had hops added to it. Yeah, so. hops. <laughs> uh, it's like a sock hop, but different. Let's go to the hop. Let's go to the Let's go Pinky's out, boys. Pinky's out. (laughs)